Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light Shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. Welcome in, welcome in to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, Thursday edition on Friday. My name is Patrick Allen. I am here coming live from Sterling Holmes' living room. I broke in about 4 a.m. last night after uh, the bars kicked me out and uh, made myself a martini. So we're here to celebrate the first round of the Kansas City Chiefs draft. The draft here in Kansas City uh, It was an absolute blast yesterday. I got in, got up at four o'clock in Chicago to get to the airport, arrived in this new beautiful airport here in Kansas City. Tremendous, got some barbecue, and then went down uh, to Union Station. Uh, I gotta say for anybody who lives in Kansas City, who's from Kansas City, you should be incredibly proud. Um, you know, just off the front, the draft was an incredible experience and the, and the town really showed up. I mean, uh, it looked like, the, you know, the overhead shots looked like the Chiefs parade. Uh, really, it did. Um, there were people everywhere, and um, they were jacked. I mean, they were having a good time. And Patrick, what the hell are you doing in my house? Hey, man, what's going what on? What are you doing here? Podcast. <laughs> Brought to you by the Kansas City <laughs> Beer Company. Guys, we don't get together that often, and when we do, we need to have some shenanigans. Um, <laughs> Patrick Allen, Sterling Holmes, joining me. Uh, he is... A little groggy. I'll give him. I'll give him that. Um, let's frame up here. Uh, <laughs> some WTFs in the in the chat. Some 007. He broke into my house. Okay, Patrick Allen broke into my house right. at four a.m. Apparently, that's right. I'm walking down. I think. Okay, I'm just gonna have a nice Baltic porter in the morning. Wake up, beer. It's not just for breakfast anymore. It's also for a late morning breakfast, okay? Second breakfast, if you will. Uh, and in this dude is just chilling down here, all dressed up. That's right. Putting me to shame. Yep. Yep. And drinking your and drinking your gin and on dr- top of that. Eating your olives. How dare you? <laughs> um, had to have a little fun with you guys since we got a chance to get together there. Sorry about that, Brian. Um, all right. So uh we got a lot to talk about, obviously. 
Sound's going to be a little bit different today because we are on location. Don't have the full studio set up. That's all right. A little echoey. So sorry to the audio only audience, but we're, we're going to do just fine here. Um, tons to talk about. But uh, Sterling, before we get into our Casey Beer Read, I wanted to just talk to you about your reactions from the ground in, in, in Kansas City. You're, you're, you're obviously a Kansas City guy, born and bred. What was it like for you to see Kansas City get the stage that it had last night? It, it's incredible. I mean, this was a celebration of Kansas City. That's what it came down to. When Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey came out with the Lombardi, it was a party. And you saw some salty folks on Twitter. You saw some dudes saying, what are you doing? And I'm sitting here going, first off, Mr. Sharman, Ultrasoft, your team would be doing the same. But guess what? They didn't win the Super Bowl nor host the NFL draft the subsequent year. So that's on you. Maybe get a better team. Yeah. That's not my fault. It was some guy from PFF was like, was like all. Oh, it would make sense. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, PFF, of course, is PFF. I just don't, I don't get it, man. Like, you know, it's different, right? I mean, they were like, it shouldn't be a celebration. You're in Kansas City. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Like, of course, they're going to come out and stunt on the rest of the NFL. It was great. I mean, you thought like, so we were down, obviously, we were credentialed media. There is a workroom for us across the street, but we could also go and be amongst the people in the crowd. And that's where we started the night. We were hanging out down there and, you know, they brought out Heidi Gardner and Eric Stone Street, like the usual suspects, Rob Riggle on the board. And you think that's all it's going to be. And then they brought out Will Shields and Dante Hall. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, like here are your big stars. And, and it, it just like it, everybody got like more and more jacked up. And I literally turned to you before this happened and I said, you know, if they really wanted to warm up the crowd, they should just bring out Patrick Mahomes. Everybody will lose their mind. And uh, that's exactly what they did. Outcome Mahomes and Kelsey. Did you think, do you think Kelsey had a few drinks before that? Maybe a couple. He was, I, I didn't hear any of his enthusiastic. His, yeah. He, he was very, <laughs> none of his, the non and nas. I was yeah. really waiting for one of those, but it was a celebration of Kansas City last night. The stage was phenomenal. Um, you know, even when they did the national anthem, you heard home of the chiefs, not once, but twice. She, she went back for the national anthem singer. <laughs> yeah. Be like, maybe we'll get one home with the chiefs and one home with the brave. And Chiefs fans said, no, you're getting two home with the chiefs. Yeah. Uh, it was great though. I mean, even the fans from other cities, they were all very nice. Um, there were no issues that I saw. No. It was a huge party. I mean, this is what's fun about the draft is every team has a chance. Yeah. Even if you were the Houston Texans, right? You're a bad team. But you draft second overall. They trade up draft third. They go home happy. It, it was a celebration because every team, they have a chance on April 27th. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, and it's a little bit different, I think, for us and maybe for Eagles fans than it is for everybody else. Like all most of these other fan bases, think about how long ago some of them were eliminated, right? Like Broncos fans, Raiders fans. Like they, They've been done for a long-ass time. Um, they haven't had the playoff run. So for them, it's really the start of the new NFL season. Like this is the kickoff. Whereas for us, like we're still in the afterglow yeah. of winning the Super Bowl. It was really, it was, you know, I think, look, I'm a, I consider myself an honorary Kansas City and I have a great degree of affection for the city. I come here all the time to go to Chiefs games, to hang out, being, having grown up a, a Chiefs fan, but not being from Kansas City. Even I was really just excited for, the city just you know you, you land in this brand new airport which is beautiful 
they've got these little like newspapers about the draft in there and the signage, which which reminded me of what it's like when you go to a Super Bowl city and you land in an airport and like, you know, yeah. there's a big NFL event happening there. The gift shops have merged. It was the same way coming into Kansas City for the draft. And what a just awesome way and a, and a unique experience, because this is the first time since the draft went on the road that a team has won the Super Bowl and then hosted the draft. It may never happen again. I mean, this is a very that's like a very difficult thing to have happen. So it was just incredible. Everybody was lathered up, having a great time. As you mentioned, even the opposing fans were cool. They were excited. And just the amount, the sheer amount of people blew my mind. Because yeah. it's just, it's the draft. Like, I, you know, I told you, I used to cover it in New York City when I was at Radio City. And there'd be a few hundred fans there. And like, that was it. And this is a totally different ballgame. And I can totally see why the NFL took it on the road. Yeah, it, it was awesome. I love booing Roger Goodell in person. My second time booing yeah. Goodell in person. Once in Philly, which they really got after. Yeah. Uh, and then this year. Um, it, it, it's fun. He, he leans into it, which makes it better. Sure. It makes it like he's in on the joke now. Yeah. Um, frankly, he did a couple of really cool things, taking the family out there, all the families of the, the players who, who fell was at Virginia or Virginia tech. Uh, I think um, I, I'm not, I'm but, but giving them yeah. honorary jerseys yeah. and sure. draft picks. Yeah. It was a phenomenal gesture. Uh, I love all the players now. It used to be the old handshake, and then that one dude hugged him, and then it became its own it's mammoth thing. fun thing to do. Yeah. And yeah. you saw, was it Jalen Carter and Will Anderson Jr.? Will Anderson Jr. picked him up, gave him a bear hug, and just swung him around like a little tyke. It was awesome to watch. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, it's, it's a great event to see in person. You know, it gets a little slow. Um, it's the draft. I mean, you know this at home. When you're at home, you get to you get to see the uh, the analysis on ESPN, NFL Network, and all those things. When you're in person, you're not really getting that. They'll, they have like a band, and they like bring you know crowd warmers, you know, warm up the crowd and stuff like that. But th there's beer, so I mean, everybody was having a good time, waiting for their teams to pick. Uh, it was just an awesome, awesome uh, evening, and it's going to continue tonight. But first, before we get to our thoughts on the Chiefs' pick and what we think they're going to do tonight. I have some breaking news. I got to get to you guys right away. Our sponsors, Casey Beer Co. once said that they would never release an IPA Sterling, but I've just been handed news that they have just brewed one so good, they've broken their own rules. It's called Never Say IPA, and it is the newest beer in the Casey Beer lineup. It's a celebration of German and American brewing traditions using both German and American hops, as well as German malt and yeast. Beer is super refreshing, aromatic. You have to try it. I'm going to drink some later today. Uh, it's just another great beer from the award-winning brewery with such a terrific lineup of brews. So whatever type of beer you're into, Casey Beer has a style for you. Look for the red Casey Beer Co. cartons in your local store and support the Arrowhead Attic podcast by supporting Casey Beer Co. Do us a favor. Give them a shout out on Twitter at Casey Beer Co. Let them know you heard about their beer on our podcast and keep us in business and dare to beer different. Don't be a clown. 21 and over. Uh, we will also be going there some point today. So the listeners, they want to come join us. I don't know how happy he's be, he, he is that I'm telling everyone no, this. tell him. But uh, come out. we're going to KC Beer Co. Yeah. Um, probably around 2-ish, 2.30-ish, maybe 3-ish. We'll see when we get there. But we'll be at KC Beer Co. Uh, Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the Arrow Red Lager was on tap. They had a keg at one point. They brought back out. They, they held back. They saved. Yeah, uh, I hope it's still they, – they, they ran out of one on Wednesday night. We'll see if it made it through. They I did a couple keg cakes. stands there, so I apologize. And it was really taking down their inventory. But it, it's really good. And if you don't have that, 
the Never Say IPA is a great choice as well. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, we'd love to see some of you if you're in Kansas City, if you're in Kansas City for the draft. We're going to be there. Uh, we'll be there at least by three o'clock. We're going to grab some lunch and then we're just going to head over there and hang out before things get uh, kicking off tonight. Yeah. So let's talk about the draft. And uh, uh, just before we do, I want to give a shout out to all of our members. I see that there's a bunch of you out there right now. Really appreciate you. Shout out to all the Evans. Um, <laughs> we appreciate you guys. Um, shout out to my man, Doc. Yeah. My man, Doc, who went to Rally House yesterday and, and talked to him for 45 minutes. He says he never comments. But he always listens. So, Doc, shout out to you. He lives up north in Kansas City, huge Chiefs fan. Uh, he went to our live event we did at Tanner's. Yeah. Talked to him for 45 minutes down there at Rally House. Um, he even went home with a starter jacket. The dude was – the guy from Starter who was down there. Yeah. He was like, this guy's an awesome guy. Yeah. Here's a hoodie. Here's a free starter hoodie to him. I'm like, so that's pretty yeah, cool. You associate yourselves with us. Sometimes you get free, you shit. Get free I just, stuff. I just missed him. I got there right after he left. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, let's talk about the draft. So I was sure that the Chiefs were going to move up in this draft. They have, you know, bevy of picks. They probably can't just use all of them and put all these guys on the roster. They're just not going to have room. So it made sense that they were going to move up. And it, it seemed like as the night was going on, like teams were stupid and taking running backs in the first round, like early in the first round. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of, if you were, if you were team, wide receiver like i want the chiefs to take wide receiver things were going really well yeah. for you um even edge at a certain point uh there were a lot of edge guys that people liked board was falling great not so great if you were a team tackle but um and then we get to around 20 and this was where we thought okay this is this is the area where the chiefs would move up that you know they're not probably going to go up into the teens they have to give up too much draft capital but either way shout out to raymond chandler our guy for the 1999 donation, appreciate you for the super chat. Um, thank you, sir. And I, I thought you're looking at those receivers, and you get into the 20s, and you're like, oh shit, man! Like nobody, has, we can get the, we could potentially trade up and get the best receiver in the draft or the best receiver on our board. It didn't end up going that way. Um, there was a major run on wide receivers, and it started right there at number 20. 
with the C- with the Seahawks, and they took Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I, I'm an Ohio State guy. I really liked him, and I thought the Chiefs were gonna. The Seahawks were the spot that yeah. I thought the Chiefs would move up to um, because right after them you had the Chargers and the Ravens and the Vikings picking, and they all like needed help at wide receiver. And you know, like the Seahawks needed help at wide receiver, but like they got TK Metcalf, they have Tyler Lockett, sure. so like they could have waited until the second round. No, those assholes took Jackson Smith and Jig, but didn't trade back. Um, so that we'll get to the trade up stuff and what Veach said about it in a minute. But let's talk about who the Chiefs ended up taking. So after this incredible run on wide receivers, four in a row, which is like the I think the first time that's ever happened in the first round of a draft, um, the Chiefs stay put. Yeah. They take the hometown hero. Yeah. Uh, and get an edge rusher. Um, it's Felix and UDK Uzama. That's mm-hmm. how you say it. And UDK and dash U dash D dash K. I just learned how to say Tano Passio. I just <laughs> learned how to. And now we're That's doing this. I mean, yeah. come yeah. on. Yeah. I actually do Felix and UDK Uzama ad reads the other day. Yeah. So what a perfect way to do it. Yeah. Uh, I finally learned how to say it. Uh, FAU. FAU for sure. I know K-State fans are a little upset about FAU, uh, just basketball-wise, but get over it. FAU is way easier to say. Um, I like the pick. Uh, I'm not in love with the pick. Um, Frankly, when we were there, we were laughing. Brett Veach was on the clock. All of a sudden, he's taking a long time, seven, eight minutes. He looks at his phone. He gives a smirk. And when I see that smirk, my thought process is, that dude just traded back. That dude just traded back. Yeah. And, and I firmly was believing, okay, Will Levis on the board. Someone said, we're going to blow him away. We're going to get Will Levis at 31. Yeah. Uh, didn't happen. They kept their pick. Fireworks went off. Clark Hunt came on stage. Cool celebration of Kansas City. Um, the Eagles as well deciding to try and give us payback. They couldn't win the Super Bowl, so what do they do? Go after Nolan Smith. Uh, shocked that Nolan Smith fell that far. A uh, little, little bit on the smaller side for what a Spags defensive end or edge would look like. But that's the guy I was hoping for. Um, but FAU, I think, overall is a guy who you're you're looking at a relatively high floor. Uh, he, he doesn't do – doesn't excel at any one thing, right? It's not like he's out here and he's like, this is his calling card. But he does everything well to an extent. It, it, it's Mario, if you will. If you are a uh, Super Mario bro guy, you know, what does he do well? Well, maybe nothing great. But he, he's solid across the board. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, I like the, I, I like Zerline's uh, scouting reports over on NFL.com, you know, for strengths for him, plays with a high level of intensity and urgency, um, you know, possesses a buffet of rush approaches that he can choose from, um, has, a, you know, effective use of his length as a bull rusher. This is a guy who doesn't have a ton of experience and is still – growing i think that's probably young yeah he's very 21 years old that's probably the most exciting thing about this pick is that he may not have reached his full potential in college so like let's say he plays another season of college football and he he continues to progress does he become a potential top 10 pick right Mm -hmm. so you know the chiefs um the chiefs the chiefs liked him uh what here's what brett beach said about him he said he's one of the youngest guys in the draft at age 21 He's grown a lot. The coaching staff uh, we have are great teachers. We have an opportunity to spend a lot of time with Felix. He and George, Carl Loftus, uh, will be a good one-two tandem. And I think that's 
when you think about this Chiefs defense right now after this pick, like, look, let's be honest. He's a second-round pick. Yeah. Like, he's a second-round talent right now. But the Chiefs are pretty much drafting at the beginning of the second round. So Veach did say that he was the highest player on their board. He's 21 years old, and they believe in their coaching staff and their ability to develop him. We saw George Karloftis progress. You saw the flashes of talent early. Now he's on a different level, I think, um, than Uzama, right, you know, coming out of the draft. Sure. But you saw him progress throughout the course of the season. He really started to come around towards the end of the year. If he's If he makes the leap, then you're you're going into the season and you're like, okay, well, we're like we're in good shape. We have two young edge rushers on rookie deals, first round picks. So we've got fifth year options. Yeah. If both of these guys become the players within the next five years that the Chiefs think they can be, look out. It's one of the biggest bargains. Right. I mean, you, you look at the contracts for edge players now, and um, if they become even above average, and that's what I think they will be. I, I'm not going to sit here and try and blow smoke up y'all. Y'all's behinds sitting here saying that they're going to be the next Bosa, the next Watts. No, but if they can become above average edge rushers, that's a huge value. Again, Carl Loftus, I think, was drafted more on his floor than his ceiling, which, again, if you've listened to me at all, I love that. I'm more of a high floor guy. The older I've gotten, I've become more cynical. Give me the floor guy. Yeah. Um, I think you're looking to, a, to an extent the same with FAU. And again, at 31, it's tough to get a high ceiling guy anyways. Yeah. Th- those guys go earlier. Um, let's get into the talk about the trade back because Brett Veach said he fielded some offers. Uh, but Brett Veach said their trade back offers would have moved them back to the mid-40s. That's right. So they decided to, quote, not get cute. Yeah. FAU is going to be gone by mid-40s. Um you get into maybe the Derek Hall territory, which if you know me, I'm big on Derek Hall. I like him, but that's more of a risk. That's more of a risk than FAU. A dude who also grew up watching Matt Castle, which was the name that FAU threw out, was I watched the Matt Castle days of Chiefs football. So he's uh, yeah. he's enchanted. Yeah. He, 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 he earned those uh, Chiefs kingdom letters. He's, he's, he's glad he, is, he wasn't being drafted into the Matt Castle era. <laughs> yeah, I, look, I think um, I just – the Chiefs didn't want to move back that far, and I understand why. Uh, they Veach basically said, hey, well, we might have to – we don't want to get cued and, like, move back into the mid-40s, and then we have these needs to fill, and then we need to trade up. So we move back to trade up. Like, okay, maybe you have to reach a little bit. But, look, this is what happens when you win the Super Bowl and you're picking at the back end of the first round every year. And as you pointed out, high floor guys. Yes, you want to try to find diamonds in the rough. But it is going to be harder for you to get those like high end pass rushers because they're going to be gone. And we were talking about the fact that the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes means that their ceiling is as high as it can go as a team. So they don't need like I I mentioned to you, uh, we were talking about just different teams and their draft needs. And I mentioned you growing up in in, in, near Cleveland. Oh, like when the when the uh, when the Browns got Miles Garrett, he's amazing. How what has that done for the Browns? Nothing, because they don't have a quarterback, and the rest of the team's shambles, and they're run poorly. Yeah, the Chiefs don't need. It would be nice if they can find somebody that rises to that level. But like, if everybody on the team that they surround Patrick Mahomes with are high high floor guys, maybe with lower ceiling, they're going to win a ton of Super Bowls. Yep. I mean, look at the roster last year. They they do have stars, and they need to find some more stars to eventually replace Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, like the, those those sure. Those anchors that they have. Um, but I think 
safe picks are not necessarily a bad thing when you've got Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, a couple comments I want to get to. Tyler says, I like to pick. All the couch GMs need to chill. Veach knows what he's doing. Um, yeah, if anyone's earned some trust, it, it would be Brett Veach. Two Super Bowl wins in five years going to three. Uh, yeah, I mean, to an extent, yes. Brett, Brett Veach is not without reproach. I mean, obviously, Breland Speaks happened. But, again, he, he, he earns the trust of Chiefs Kingdom. Also, Benjamin says, I thought we'd move up to try and get one of the top offensive tackles. I thought so, too. And then they all went. Uh, seeing Darnell Wright at 10, which if you listen to this show, uh, I was screaming for Darn- Darnell Wright, but I thought he'd be 21, 22. I thought he was going to be the fourth tackle taken. Uh, not the case. So it seems like everyone else, especially the Bears, uh, saw what he could do while he's more of a right tackle. If you get a elite right tackle who's there for a long time at 10, uh, with that rookie contract, you take it. Yeah, and I think, look, the Chiefs maybe could have they, – they, I think a lot of people like I did were like, the Chiefs are going to move up. But it takes two to tango. And we'll talk about it a little bit later in the show. But if you don't have a trade partner, I mean, there's just nothing you can do. And I think the Chiefs are starting to get into this territory. And, again, we're going to talk about it a little bit. But they're just getting to that point where teams are just like, man, I don't – like, I, what do you want? Whatever those guys want, <laughs> I'm not going to help them do it. Like, it's just – you know, they've reached that point now. They're not a one-hit wonder. Yeah. You know? I think a perfect example is uh, apparently the apparently the Cowboys did feel a call from the Chiefs to potentially move down to 31, but it was nixed when Kansas City said they were moving up for uh, Maisie Smith. Andy Reid wanted him. Mike McCarthy got him. So that was the the issue, was apparently the Chiefs were potentially going to trade up. It was actually going to be for a tackle, Maisie Smith. Uh, but that did not happen. The Cowboys ended up wanting said guy. Um yeah, that's what happened. You know, the Chiefs are going to – Brett Beach is smart. They've, got, they, they've done great in the draft. They've got tiers of players. And, and if you don't think that they've workshopped this exact scenario, you're crazy. They have a scenario of who would we take if we could move up into the low 20s. Yeah. They had that workshop. They knew what they were willing to give up, and they knew which players that they would target if they were there. They knew what they would do if they stayed put. And they had that tier of players. So, um, yeah, I, I look. The pick is is not the the a crazy exciting pick, but honestly, I don't know who you take there that would have been. No, and that's the thing is, if people who want wide receiver, for example, there was no wide receiver that wouldn't be a massive overpay. Felix uh, and UDK Uzama would be around forty, may, maybe high thirties. It's a slight overpay, a slight reach, but nothing crazy. If you're going, let's just say. Uh, Cedric Tillman, a guy who I love, he'll probably be there at least in the 50s. Yeah. Josh Downs, massive reach. Uh, Hyatt, you know, that's a big reach as well, the, the, the Tennessee uh, sidekick yeah. of Cedric Tillman. I mean, there was no wide receiver that you were really going to go and get at 31. The people that say tight end, you guys know my thoughts on first-round tight ends. I don't want to get into it and delve into it again. Just look at the past uh, 13 years, tight ends who were drafted in the first round and tell me if that looks like a good list to you, if it was worth it. It's not. Um, There was a tier fall off. Like there was a reason why there was a run on wide receivers at a certain point. And then it stopped. It's because that the the guys with the first round grades had been exhausted. And so for the chiefs, they need help at wide receiver, but for them to take a wide receiver at the end of the first round, when probably all the wide receiver, the the top wide receivers that they had left, they had second round grades on. It didn't make sense. Now you go and you get Felix, who's a young guy. Now you're going to get him in the five years. And he's somebody who 
He may not be an every down player for them this year, but they can rotate him in to take advantage of his pass rushing skills and he can make an impact for them this year. The guys that they would have taken at wide receiver at that point, or if they take a wide receiver in the second round here, these are guys that like, look at, look at Sky Moore last year, second round wide receiver didn't play a whole lot, but still he made an impact later in the season. They're looking for him to take the jump this year. They, they, if they take somebody in the second round, I, I, I doubt they're just going to come in and, t- and get a ton of playing time right away. They're going to develop them a little bit. That's kind of how this works in Andy Reid's offense. So I think it was really smart for them to do things the way that they did it. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm fired up about the pick. I, I really think that the, um, the rotational pass rushing like thing that's now in vogue in the NFL is, is, uh, is really smart. You don't have to have the same guy out there every snap, playing yeah. every single snap, especially if you don't have like a Joey Bosa type, right? So the over- Eagles, the Eagles, right, they, right. they doubled down. They went yeah. with Jalen Carter. Then they went with Nolan Smith. They're trying to build the Bulldogs defense, basically. They're trying to do the Bulldogs in the NFL. Yeah. But we saw them last year. The Eagles had the best defensive line in the NFL, yep. and they had these hockey lines, basically. It was four in, four out, four in, four out, yeah. and you're seeing the same thing. They're doubling down on it. Yeah, keep these guys fresh. I think the Chiefs have a lot of flexibility. So um, let, let's just and yeah, let's just grade it, okay? You know, that's that's kind of what we're all here to do. It's draft season, so let's hand out arbitrary grades that don't mean anything. That if we get right, nobody will remember, and if we get wrong, people can throw in our faces later. Grade this pick for the Chiefs. C plus. C okay. C plus. Again, I, I told you before this, I'm going to be probably pretty boring with this. I don't have extremely strong opinions either way. I, I, I don't think he's going to be a bust, right. but I don't think he's going to be a star. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a very fine pick. I think it's a fine pick. Yeah. Uh, again, Brett Veach deserves some credit. He obviously earns the trust of, of Kansas City, but I'm not going to sit here and just give him credit for everything he's done. He's had misses. Yeah, He has had misses. I don't think FAU is going to be a miss. Uh, I think it can. it's going to constitute maybe what we see with I wonder what a good comp would be um, if McCall Hardman, if McCall Hardman, obviously different, different players, obviously in different uh, offense defense, but as far as a guy who contributes, maybe doesn't live up to the draft position. And you might look at guys behind him and say, wow, that guy popped off, but you're like, he helped contribute. He contributed to a Super Bowl. He, He might never be a star, but he's a contributor to a great team. And sometimes that's, that's enough. Yeah, I'm going to give it a – I agree with you. I'm going to give it a B, and the reason I'm, I'm going to give it a B is because of what the Chiefs didn't do. Um, I think he was a, a perfectly fine pick in the place that they took that, in the place that they took him, where it would have – for them to get a higher grade for me, they would have had to have somehow found a way to get a really great value pick that fell to them, and then you're feeling really great, or they made a, a small move up to get that value pick. But in this particular instance – if nobody was willing to trade with them in the spots where they could have gotten a higher grade from me based on the person that they took, uh, the fact that they, they could have been ridiculous and thrown out, uh, they could have gotten up there if they wanted to, if they overpaid in draft compensation to go up to 20, like if they were obsessed with getting Jackson Smith and Jigba, like we we saw what the, what the, what the Texans gave just an insane amount of picks. If they wanted to do something like that, they could have gotten one of those players that maybe would have excited everybody and made everybody in Chiefs Kingdom happy and would have been like, yeah, you know, let's get on. I would have graded them poorly for that because it would have given up too much. They don't need to do that. They need, they've got volume 
And I think that's going to enable them to make sure they hit more often than they miss. It gives them the leeway to miss on a couple guys. And I think it's really smart. So I'm giving them a B for not panicking, not thinking we need to move up and just staying put, being patient, taking a good solid player that's going to help him help them. Who's going to be on a cheap rookie contract. Yeah. Uh, I, before we move on, I wanted to ask you about what you thought about Clark Hunt coming out at the end. And if they had moved back, like you could tell Clark was jacked. Yeah. Uh, he comes out <laughs> with the Lombardi. Do you see how he set it down on that little platform? He was like, don't like, yeah. it's kind of top heavy. Oh, and yeah. That little stand that they had was, wasn't a lot bigger than the base of Lombardi. He says yeah. down really carefully. And then he's like, God, she's kicking them. I, I, it would have been amazing. I, I would have laughed if he just puts it down and be like, all right, we're moving back. But this is why we're moving back. Right. We want another one of these. Because, yeah. again, I, I do think in why it's a C+. It's nothing against, you know, FAU in general. Take him out of the equation just for one moment. It's the value. Like, like if you trade it back from 31, you're going to get some more value players right in that sweet spot. I've been calling this draft a pot roast. Uh, I've been calling it a pot roast. Yeah. You have a lot of meat. It's not the best meat. We're not talking filet mignon, right? We're not talking a whole bunch of filets. We're talking a pot roast. There's a lot of meat, a lot of contributors in this draft. You can fill a lot of holes, I think, in that, you know, early second, mid-second, you know, um, even early third. So I thought trading back is Will Levis being on the board. You think a team would have traded up for him. But I also think – Looking at what Nathan put here, Veach made it sound like all the AFC teams called him to go kick dirt, and I, I kind of would agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, look, it sets up a really interesting second night, and we're going to start getting into that here in just a minute. But first, got to let you guys know, if you want to get swagged out like Sterling is here, uh, we've got you covered. The Arrowhead Attic merch store is now live, and you can visit it right now by clicking the link in the description below, wherever you get this podcast. We've got everything from shirts to hoodies, to beach towels, even a sweet pint glass to drink your Casey beer from. I love the white merch. It's tough to keep white, uh, but it looks so fresh with the red and the gold and Sterling's rocking them both. Um, so uh, uh, I think we've got a we've got a code for you if you're listening. Um, it's a uh, it's super secret promo code. It's uh, I think it's only going to be live until Sunday. Draft 20. So if you're listening right now, you can get 20% off if you use the code DRAFT20 on your order today. Make sure you use it fast. And you're going to help us keep the podcast going, help us keep paying Sterling. Um, so we truly appreciate it. All right, let's get into... Oh, dude, super chat from, uh, from oh. Albert. You are the man. Albert, thank you so much. Appreciate Have some you, drinks on me, guys. Yeah. Thanks for all the great content. Albert's buying the KC beer today. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you, Albert. Yeah, appreciate you, sir. Um so let's so let's just dive in a little bit more into the the, the Veach talk. Uh, he did talk to the media last night, and he did say that teams were resistant to trading with the Chiefs. I mean, we've already mentioned it in the podcast. Like, this is not a surprise to me, right? Like, it's got to be to the point where I remember when the Patriots dynasty was happening, and they would move back, and they kept accumulating all these yeah. teams would trade with them. I remember as a Chiefs fan, I was always like. Why do people keep helping these guys? <laughs> I don't understand it. And I feel like at this point, you, you know, some of those teams, you know, you have some AFC teams up there in this, like who wants to help the Chiefs? I mean, they've just won their second Super Bowl in five years. They've been to three Super Bowls. They've got Patrick Mahomes. They're trying to get receivers. I, does it surprise you that some of these teams are like, unless you blow us away, Beach, like yeah. don't, don't bother. Um, I would say if you are the Bills and Bengals, uh, no, you know, I, I, there's no reason for them to. You don't want to help them 
NFC teams, I don't think they care to, to, to an extent because if they get a good offer, they get a good offer. Right. You know, I, I would also say, I think the Ravens and chiefs at that time, they were kind of competitors, but if you get blown away by an offer, if you get a good offer, yeah. if you think it helps your team, if you think it helps your team more than it helps the other team too, you, you make that deal. I think sometimes it can be at least a little bit overblown. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it, it, look, this is just the way it's going to be for the chiefs. Um, they are the top of the mountain and other teams are not going to, they're going to be reluctant to help them out. And so, you know, if, if for, for folks that are giving the Chiefs a bad grade on the pick, if there's somebody else that you, you know, you love that you think they could have taken there and they just blew it, like, I get it. Okay, fine. Sure, that's your, you know, your prerogative. But, like, if you're mad that the Chiefs didn't trade up, like, they just can't. They, they have to have somebody to trade with. And they don't want to be reckless with their picks. Remember, they're trying to keep a young, uh, fast, cheap team around Patrick Mahomes. Cost control. Cost control. It's all about cost control. Yeah. Uh, it's the same reason why uh, folks were mad about, let's say, Nick Bolton in the second round. Yeah. It's very difficult to have a linebacker make, especially a middle linebacker, right? We're not talking Michael Parsons. We're talking about a middle linebacker uh, live up to that high tender. Yeah. Well, Nick Bolton's doing it so far. Uh, Willie Gay Jr., question remains out on. Uh, Leo Chanel, question remains out on. But you have to hit on these cost-controlled players, and that way you're not paying linebackers, uh, you know, 12 minutes. That's why you're not paying for Anthony Hitchens. Right. Like, you can't pay Anthony Hitchens 10-plus million on this current iteration of the Chiefs. You have to yeah. hit on these linebackers. Yeah, and I think it's, uh, you know, as we talked about earlier in the podcast, that's what's really exciting for the Chiefs right now is they've invested so much money in their defense, uh, so, much, so much draft capital mm -hmm. in the defense with all the guys that they took last year, with Duffy and Carl Loftus, and now they're, they're adding to that um, was he's on like they if these if like some of these guys really take off I mean and they they end up with like a really good defense they're in a terrific spot um, because they're gonna be able to keep the costs really low and they've got all these young guys that they can control for a long time but it keeps them flexible yeah so when they want to make like the trade for Kadarius Tony which you can make the argument that they don't make that trade they don't win the Super Bowl yeah that punt return was was a massive swing in the favor of the Chiefs to win that game. I haven't looked at what the percentages were like before that before that punt and after that punt, but it went through the roof. I know that. Um, they had the flexibility to be like, yeah, we're going to have a third round pick because we've got all this extra. We let we let guys go. We get we get compensatory picks, and, and and they have the salary flexibility to do it. And now they have him for this year. He could potentially be their number one receiver. Um, they take smart, calculated moves. They don't all work out like Josh Gordon, right? Sure. Those kinds of, they, they don't work, work out. But you sometimes when you make these moves, if you're Brett Beach, it's not about like, I think sometimes as fans, we get locked into like, every time the team makes a move, that guy's got to be like a Hall of Fame player. Like, yeah. well, if he's not, you know, he's just a contributor. And it's like, but look at look at some of the moves that mattered the most for the Chiefs last year. Kadarius Tony bringing back Jarek McKinnon. Like those were massive, massive moves that helped them get to the Super Bowl. Um Drafting Sky Moore, uh, he made plays for them yeah. down the stretch. Like the, it wasn't, it was, it was a group effort. And I think Veach mentioned when he talked to the media when they when they asked him about how they could have moved back in the forties and stuff, um, he, he said we still want, in regards to their picks. He said we we still want to deal in volume here. Mm -hmm. Those are his exact words. What does that mean? It means we want to bring in a volume of players. So I know we've said like, well, maybe they don't bring in all these guys because they don't have the roster room. But they want to bring in 
a lot of fresh young talent in every draft. It's one of the reasons why they made the Tyree Kill trade to give themselves cap flexibility. So I think that's really exciting is that they probably view tonight as like a big night for them. Yeah. Because they've got they've got uh, two picks, number 63 and number 95. But they also remember they have two fourths. Yeah. 122 from the Dolphins from the Tyree Kill trade and uh, 134, their own pick. So if they wanted to package those two picks to move up in the third round a little bit, that's something they can do. So they can still target a guy that they really like. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they could come out of this round with a really exciting developmental developmental wide receiver and a potential right tackle. Yeah. No, uh, I think a move up is very much on the table tonight. Uh, if folks are going tonight, it should be more fun, I think, even than yesterday. Um it's not going to be quite as crowded. So if you want to go do the NFL draft experience, uh, it might even be a better opportunity. I know it's Saturday. If they're still doing the draft experience on Saturday, going to be even better. I was trying to do the 40. I was trying to run the 40. I was trying to uh, put Patrick to shame. Uh, I think he was scared. He, he ducked me. Yeah, I can't do it in the wingtips, man. Um, <laughs> let, let's, let's be honest. You can run the 80 before I can run the 40. <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not quick. See, this, I was a distance runner. Uh, okay. I can outlast you. Oh, 100%. I, I run 40 yards. I'm, I'm, give me the, the, the mask. Give yeah. me the, the oxygen tank. <laughs> yeah. um, no, but as far as the Chiefs go, this is going to be a great day. A lot of good players still left. Uh, and I think Brett Veach has done a good job of drafting these good, not great players. Yeah. I, I mean, seriously, when, when you look back at what Brett Veach has drafted, Brett Veach, not the Chiefs, not Andy Reid's tenure, Brett Veach, Legereus Sneed, and the fourth might be one of the best ones. Um, Creed Humphrey in the second. Yeah. Uh, Trey Smith in the sixth. But you're looking through, and he, he gets a lot of contributors if they are not superstars. Yeah. Uh, think of McCall Hardman instead of DK Metcalf, for example. I think McCall Hardman at the time was the safer route than DK. There were a little bit of questions about DK. Can he only run a streak, right? Yeah. There, there were little questions. Is he a me-first type of player? Uh, you go last year. Sky Moore over George Pickens. Could have had George Pickens, but George Pickens had that little bit of a me-first attitude. How does that fit in on a Super Bowl-caliber team? Yeah. You don't want that. Sometimes you go the safer route. You might miss out on some superstars, but you also might not draft the guy who flames out in one or two years. And, right. and I think Brett Veach has shown a good job of doing that. And I think a lot of that comes in the second, third, and fourth round. Yeah, and there's a lot of there's a lot of talent here, you know, particularly at the wide receiver position. I mentioned I I, I pay a lot of attention to NFL.com's uh, rankings, and their uh, Zerline's wide receivers, some of his top wide receivers that he had as far as the the prospects are still on the board um, heading into day two here. Obviously, Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman are guys that are interesting. He had Josh Downs ranked very highly. I'm actually going to pull this up because I think it's kind of interesting. So Jalen Hyatt had the highest grade from Zerline over at NFL.com. Uh, he had a Jalen Hyatt, Zay Flowers, then Josh Downs, then Jackson Smith and Jigba. So both Hyatt and Downs from somebody whose job it is to scout players are, you know, the, they're still on the board and they were as number one as number three. Um, other interesting guys uh, on here. Um, uh, I know Rasheed Rice from SMU. Some people think is a really interesting player. So there's some there's some talent here for the Chiefs. And then of course everyone's really high on Jonathan Mingo from Old Miss, six two two twenty, um, basically a running back at wide receiver. 
the question is, it's the second round. People that wanted wide receivers that passed on them, particularly early in the draft, they're going to be coming back around. I'm with you, but I'm glad the Chiefs didn't trade up for a wide receiver. I don't think there's a huge difference between the guys we're listing off and outside of Jason, I, I, I think Jackson's better than Jigba. I, I think he is clear-cut the, the number one wide receiver, in my opinion. Uh, Quentin Johnson, who disappeared in, in some big games this year, who plays small, even though he's a big dude, that makes me nervous. Um, you look at Zay Flowers and Addison, they're, they're a little on the smaller side. That makes me nervous if it's just a another iteration of what the Chiefs already currently have on this roster. Uh, guys like Jonathan Mingo, Cedric Tillman, I think they fit the mold of the ex-wide receiver better for the Chiefs are looking for. Would I have been happy with Zay Flowers at 31? You bet your ass I would have been. But I don't want to trade up for said player. I, I don't think it's the value is there. Um, I, I think Brett Veach, for the most part, did a – Fine job not getting tantalized by the sexy pick. And when I say sexy pick, I think uh, wide receiver. Uh, I think, you know, sometimes running back can be construed as a sexy pick due to our, our impact players in fantasy football. So sometimes that, 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 that's, that's, that's why I call a sexy pick. That's what everybody gets excited about. And, yeah. and sometimes you can't go that way. You're building a team. You're not building a sexy team. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about this because our, our guy, our co-host for the show and the editor of arrowheadaddict.com, Matt Connor, wrote an article about this last night when the Lions took a running back. <laughs> I had Lions. So I was in the media room when the Lions picked. Yeah. There was three or four Lions uh, reporters in there, or across there, and they all just put their head down. Yeah. They all just went immediately just. Yeah. Um, DeAndre Swift. Is he somebody you would pick up the phone and call about? They actually, they interviewed uh, the Lions GM. I saw the video this morning. It was really awkward because they were like, what does this say about, about uh, Swift? And he was kind of like, well, you know, he's still on the roster. <laughs> it was like, he's still on the roster and, you know, but but it's early. It's he early. Said it's, it's early. early. Um, it sounds it's like, like with Jimmy G and Shanahan. Yeah. Is he going to be in the roster by, on Sunday? Well, are any of going to be alive on Sunday? And you're like, okay, Shanahan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's look. He's a. I think he's a dynamic player. For some reason, he seems to have just fallen out of favor with the Lions. But he's a pass catching guy. Yeah. And we don't know if Jarek McKinnon's going to come back. They didn't really use Pacheco like that. Um, is that a kind of guy that you would be interested in that she's making a trade for over like a DeAndre Hopkins? Because that's when I think about the Chiefs get, getting involved with a running back. The way that their offense works, having a, a remember. McKinnon was like their fourth wide receiver in yards last oh, year. Yeah. If they get somebody who's younger that can fit into that system, Andy, he, you know, he did it with Brian Westbrook. Like, is that, is that something that would interest you? And what would you be willing to give up to get a guy like that? I really like DeAndre Swift. Yeah. I really like DeAndre Swift. The injuries are a concern, but if you want a running back who was perpetually injured and came to Kansas city and was healthy, look no further than Jerick McKinnon. If Isaiah Pacheco is getting the lion's share of the carries, uh, I do think it makes little sense to have DeAndre Swift as that pass catching back. Uh, he did a, a lot with Jared Goff. Uh, he did it a lot before Jared Goff. I mean, he, he would just get a ton of checkdowns and throw him in here with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it's a lot better than Jared Goff throwing him the ball. So I think DeAndre Swift makes some sense. When it comes to DeAndre Hopkins, just from what I have heard, I've already seen folks talking about Hopkins in the chat. Um, would I be happy if he ends up being a Kennedy chief? 
Yeah, of course I will be. But I don't want to give up a lot of draft capital for him. And from what I have heard, no team around the NFL is really in on DeAndre Hopkins. Don't ask me 100% the reason why. But what I was told was not a lot of teams are in. There is something to him being potentially released by the Cardinals. If that happens, it, it's not great for the Chiefs because the, the cap issue, yep. uh, the, the cash issue, I should say more than anything, um, they're probably going to be outbid. Well, he's a receiver on the wrong side of 30. Incredibly, nobody, I think, is denying his talent. But, like, teams are getting a little bit smarter. It's like, what do you want to give up? Trading for DeAndre Hopkins is a team that – like that's a move I feel like a team like the Bills or Chargers or, you know, one of these teams that's like, oh, we're like right there. And like, this is going to put us over the top. That's the kind of move that teams like that make. That's not a move that a team like the Chiefs need to make. The Chiefs are playing with house money. Von Miller. Right. If you want an example, Miller. Von Miller for the Bills yep. last year, it yep. was a perfect example of this. Yep. And the Chiefs don't need to do that. They're playing with house money a little bit right now. Do they want to win the Super Bowl this year? Of course. Do we know how incredibly difficult it is to repeat? It rarely happens. We, we know that as well. It's the NFL. Like, just, you know, you saw it last year. Like, razor's edge. The game against the Bengals, razor's edge. That uh, that guy doesn't shove Mahomes out of bounds. Who knows how that game ends? It goes to yeah. overtime, probably. And we're not sitting here having this conversation. So you just want to put yourself in the best position as a, as a team, like the Chiefs, to get to the playoffs as much as possible, to go, to make deep runs. If you do that over and over again with a guy like Reed and a guy like Mahomes, you have a chance to bring home a lot of Lombardis. So I don't think you you're not desperate. You're not you're not Cincinnati who's never won a Super Bowl, who might like make a desperate move to try to get over the hump, to try to get past the Chiefs. Chiefs are at the top of the mountain. They don't need to do that. So you know, there's no desperation there. And for me, that's a desperation move. I much more like the move for a guy like Swift. Uh, because that's somebody who can help you, who's younger, and bring a new dimension to your offense. Not, okay, we're going to give up a bunch of capital and a bunch of money for this guy who maybe can only help us for one year. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. No, I'm with you. 100% with you. Yeah. And it's great. Like, I understand why you would want him and why it's exciting. But look at who the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl with at wide receiver. They don't need to have a, a DeAndre Hopkins-like player. They just proved it. Yeah. So hold on to your assets, build a more robust roster, and uh, and then and go win more Super Bowls anyway, and just drive everybody crazy. At first, you said hold on to your ass, and then I, was, ass. I was like, okay, wow, yeah. Patrick, yeah, interesting, pal. <laughs> How much of that martini have you had? Yeah, yeah, that was a good martini. That was a good martini. Uh, you need to get blue cheese olives though. No, I'm not that classy. See, this guy over here, the 1%, this is why he's my boss. He has blue cheese olives. Sorry, my my local high V. I, I shop local. Yep. Okay, I shop in local over here. Yep. Uh, my, my local high V, we don't have blue cheese olives. We're, we're the, the pimento pepper, okay? Yeah. Get out of here. That's fine. That's fine. Um, all right, any predictions for tonight, Sterling? Anything that you want to see? Well, you know, Cedric Tillman. <laughs> um I, I wouldn't be opposed to still Derek Hall if he's still on the board at 63, the edge from Auburn. I know you just went edge in the first round, but if you're not going to bring in another veteran guy, another veteran, if you're not bringing back a Frank Clark, if you're not bringing back a uh, Melvin Ingram or a Carlos Dunlap type, you probably still need one more edge rusher. I wouldn't be opposed wouldn't be opposed to Derek Hall, but I'm really looking receiver. I really am. I think there's still a lot of solid players left. I, I don't think 
I'm going to go out on a limb. Like, like Sarah Timlin would be my number one choice, but people who are saying Mims, for example, I'm not going to disagree. People who love Jonathan Mingo, I'm not going to disagree. I know our guy Adam Best loves, um, was it Jaden Reed? I'm not going to sit here and say I'm not going to be thrilled if the Chiefs got him. I think a rookie wide receiver in the second round is what I'm really looking for. I'm, I'm still on the tackle thing. Uh, you know, I, I just don't feel terribly comfortable with where the Chiefs are at tackle right now. So, you know, Lucas Yang, maybe he's the answer at right tackle, but I would love to see a develop, developmental prospect there. The guy that I've got my eye on is Dewan Jones from Ohio State. Absolute monster. 6'8", 374 pounds. Um, if the Chiefs are going to go sort of athletic over there on the left side, this is a guy who, you know, here's he's he's not he's a human house. Right. It's like <laughs> it makes Danny Shelton look small. Yeah, he doesn't um he's not gonna be as as nimble, but the the, the thing about his sheer size is it's just like it you can't get around him because he has this massive reach. I think it's a really interesting pick when you're thinking about right tackle. If you believe you've got your left tackle that could be an interesting guy that the Chiefs could. And then if they want to do some more of that running, like, you know, he's so massive that when they do that, like 12 and 13 personnel, you stack some tight ends. Like that kind of gets me excited about some other. And one last thing, they can't run the ball in short yardage. They just can't do it. They couldn't do it with OBJ and that was his calling card. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you have a guy that's 6'8", 374 on the right side of your line. Run behind that dude. I, the, the one thing I will say is that the Chiefs traded or didn't bring back Orlando Brown Jr. for a reason. This seems like a very similar style of player. The one thing I will say is, would you take Orlando Brown Jr. on the right side on a rookie contract? We all or we all would, right? We, we would all take that. Um, that's the pushback to people that say, well, you just got rid of Orlando Brown Jr. I don't know. There are little concerns about Jones. They're a little yeah, bit of, there's some there's some people are mentioning in the chat. I look, I mean, I trust the Chiefs to the Chiefs know this shit, right? Like yeah. I'm looking at the player. It's not my job to like call his agent and his friends and like the people we went to high school with to find you out should. what kind of dude he is. Um, I don't know the time. But like as as a player, he seems like a really intriguing prospect to me, just in the fact that like you're trying to protect Patrick Mahomes and you just put this human boulder yeah. on the right side of your line. Uh, and I like the idea of, of maybe running behind him as well. But, you know, again, that, this is why the Chiefs are, are have scouts and Brett yeah. Veach and all these people. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting on a, a bar stool in some guy's house that I broke into. Some you. guy, you <laughs> son of a gun. Uh, I will also say something just kind of different here. Uh, I had a chance to interview Bryce Young and Will Anderson Jr. Wednesday morning. Uh, if you want to check that out, go to my Twitter account at HomestretchKC. Uh, it's also on Stacking the Box if you go to the YouTube account. Um, I was really proud of it. I think it's really cool. I uh, had a chance to sit down one-on-two with those guys and just ask them questions. While some of them, uh, we know now. We know that Bryce Young did end up know where he's going because he went one overall. A couple questions about Alabama, what they're bringing to the table. And if you want to see Bryce Young, uh, he's not a big dude. I'm 5'10". Uh, about 175 we're about the same size so found that very fascinating but if you want to check that out uh, you can check it out on my twitter account at home stretch casey i was kind of proud of that so a uh, shameless plug yeah do it man uh sterling obviously one of the hosts of the stag in the box podcast or general nfl it's a must watch you got to check it out um so listen 
it's getting to be close to lunchtime. Sterling and I are going to get some barbecue and, uh, and then we're going to go to Casey Beer Co. So um, before the, before things pop off tonight, we really hope that some of you can stop by. Um, we will, uh, we'll, I'll, we'll tweet it out or something when we actually are going to be there, but looking between two and three o'clock uh, will be our arrival at Casey Beer. We would love to see some of you guys come up, introduce yourselves. If we met you at the live event at Tanner's, please don't be, don't be offended if we don't recognize you or don't remember you. That was such an awesome event. Yeah. Like hundreds of people. Uh, it was just really overwhelming. Plus we were doing a show and also I'm terrible with faces and names. And we were drinking. So, yeah. Yeah. We were, <laughs> we were, you can actually, I wish we had put a beer counter up when we did that. Cause I was just throwing back dunkles. Like he, he didn't know, but my first drink happened about nine 30 in the morning. I had uh, the bartender make me a rum and pineapple. Uh, it was a great, I was like, don't tell my boss over here. Cause he's not going to be happy at nine 30. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then I don't like, I'm traveling back to Chicago tomorrow. So I don't know if we're going to do a recap over the weekend, but we may do uh, something on Monday on the Arrowhead Attic channels just to kind of recap the rest of the draft. Of course, you can go to the website for all the fallout there from Matt Connor. Um, then I believe, I'm, I'm, am I on with you on Monday night? Arrowhead Attic Tower? We decide that? Hell yeah. On or Sunday. We can do it. So I'm actually going to be hosting uh, a breakdown from 9 until noon Sunday morning right here in Kansas City Sports Radio 810. I will also be doing a breakdown NFL draft preview or I guess draft breakdown uh, Monday, probably from seven to 10 in the evening. So actually Patrick might be on either twice. Uh, maybe we'll have Adam best Matt Connor on one of those days. Um, but you get your choice, man. I'm letting you choose. Good. Any man that walks into my house, makes a martini while I'm upstairs in a robe, and gets to choose what time he comes on. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, everybody, we appreciate you so much for your support all season long. We're going to keep going all through the draft. we got the schedule release coming up in May. Uh, that's going to be a lot. I love I love podcasting after the schedule release. There's yeah. so much extra to talk about. Gets us into the summer. Before you know it, it's going to be training camp. It's going to be the time to defend the kingdom, defend that Lombardi trophy. Uh, thank you so much for your support. If you want to become a member of the Arrowhead Attic podcast community, check out the link in the description below. Um, we've got a private Discord where we talk ball talking about the draft all that fun stuff we have members only happy hours things like that our uh, ring of honor members are just about to get their t-shirts for all the guys that made it to six months as members yeah. of the ring of honor are getting their free aerodynamic t-shirts those are getting sent out we're really excited about that so we're trying to build a great community of chiefs fans here we uh, uh we try to pride ourselves on being the show that talks to you not at you we don't know any better than you um we just you know we just have debatable yeah, well, you know. um, <laughs> uh, that's what we love about this this Chiefs community, right? We work for we work for fan sided. We're one of you. This is the place uh, for fans by fans. So um, thank you so much for your support all season long. Uh, hopefully, we'll see some of you at Casey Beer Co. here in Kansas City later this afternoon. Um, but if not, we'll be on Twitter. We'll be tweeting and watching the draft with you all later tonight. Uh, for Sterling Holmes, for producer Richard, for my martini. I'm Patrick Allen. We'll see you guys next time. But until then, as always, go Chiefs. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. 
Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.